Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Welcome to the most joyless Three Moves Ahead in years. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Rome Total War 2. Rome 2 Total War. I don't even care what branding they used for it. It's Total War Rome 2. Oh, God. See, no, it was so much better when it was the subject first. <laughs> when it was like, when you had to remember that it was Medieval 2 Total War. But, uh, yeah, so we've all been playing Rome for the last couple weeks, and it's safe to say that our hypes, uh, that our hopes were uh, very high for this one. And coming off games like Napoleon Total War and Shogun 2, uh, those hopes seem to be well justified. And the reaction for Rome 2 has not been uh, particularly positive uh, among people that uh, that i consider friends of the show uh reviews have been mixed uh I, I think fraser here wrote one of the more uh mixed reviews for for rome 2 uh, it was mixed but positive over at uh, metal stomping grounds uh pc games on and uh our other friend rowan here uh basically emptied a full clip into rome 2's <laughs> chest over at ars technica uh, uh. so we should probably just dive right in here and start talking about what Rome 2 does differently, what it does well, and where things go wrong. Uh, my own review is not yet complete. I file it uh, later this month uh, due to a print deadline. And so I'm still sort of pretending I'm reserving judgment. There are some issues that I think could be resolved and, and vastly improved with patching. But not as many as you might think given Total War's history of uh, improving a great deal with patches. I think this the case here might be a little bit different. Uh, so let's let's talk about let's let's talk about Rome two, and uh, you know Rowan, since you since you kind of savaged the hell out of the game, <laughs> uh, I figure maybe we should just start with you. Let's talk about what what are some of the hallmark changes of Rome two that that you that you would identify to fans of the series, and uh, what are what are your issues with them? Uh, well, the biggest one is probably, it's not simply a competence issue, is probably that they switched the province system. And instead of having one city per province, now there are four cities, or up to four cities in each province. And so, like, you have, um, the example I gave in my review is that in the province of Provence or Provincia in southern France, you have the capital of Massilia, which would become Marseille, and then you have Tolosa, which would become Toulouse. And um, Tolosa is kind of a minor province, and Marseille is the larger one, and um, that, and you can kind of organize the entire province from each of those. And that all seems like a good idea. Like, it seems that you know, like you don't have to micromanage as much you just click on one of the one of the four areas in that province or up to four areas in that province and you can manage all of them at once and you can see all of the all the different things that each of them do from there um, and it also has kind of a an interesting mental sort of flip where like if you have one or two of the cities in the province, then you kind of want to push on and get the other ones because you can get some bonuses from that. Or you just have the map look prettier. Um, so I liked that about it. Uh, but in practice, I think it turned into a real mess. And the large, the big reason for that is that they didn't seem to really 
they wanted to give you like control over each city if you didn't have control over everything else. So each city still has all the different things going on that a single city would have in a previous Total War game. So they each have happiness, they each have money, but you only see that happiness and money manifested in the full province view. So it becomes very difficult to kind of get a grasp on what each individual section's um, effect on the entire province is. And I just found it a fairly confusing mess. And even when it wasn't confusing, it just seemed to be largely pointless other than making sure that my armies had enough food. Fraser, did, do you have any particularly strong feelings about the uh, the new province management system? Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that either, um, to be honest. I mean, I did, just like Rowan said, like the whole colouring in the map sort of thing. If I got one city, I wanted to get all of them in that province just so when I pulled out on the campaign map, it looked like I'd filled everything in. But I, I just, you know, I, and I felt that it was all very mechanical as well. Like the way you've got these capital cities and then just normal towns and every region has the same sort of thing and the capital cities have walls and they're harder to besiege. And it all just felt a bit humdrum, really. And they were just going through the motions. Uh, it was just, yeah, I, and I also missed the idea of having these unprotected areas like farms uh, and, and kind of uh, manufacturing areas that enemies could start raiding and there was no intensity. It was always the, the armies were going straight for the cities uh, and that which made it really boring. Uh, almost everything would just end up in a siege of some kind. Uh, and and it didn't feel like you were having to protect this like large region. It was just protecting these maybe two or three areas within it. My feelings regarding the the change to province management are, are a little more complicated, I guess. What I like is that being able to control it all from from one pane, no matter which what, no matter which like settlement you click on, being able to see at a glance sort of everything that is happening in that province, having it all condensed down to one uh, sort of stat sheet for the entire province, like like public order is the big one, right? Like how happy or pissed off are people uh, in this province? Yeah. It's helpful to not have to worry about that city by city, but just be like, okay, look, I'll just build these jerks and an arena. Uh, somewhere in the, in the capital, and that'll hopefully shut them up. And usually it does. Um, I, I think it ends up actually in a very similar place to previous Total Wars, though. I, I feel they didn't so much solve the problem as they sort of gave it a different form. Uh, but but I, I think ultimately, as in previous Total War games, there's a point where it sort of behooves you to just take your hands off the province entirely because there's really nothing to be gained now uh, except more headaches by upgrading it more. Um, pretty much any sort of progress you make uh, in terms of settlement development has a pushback in terms of squalor, which fe feeds back into public order. And this was an issue I, I felt with, uh, with the original Rome as well, where uh, sort of Rome's big advantage is that it has all the blessings of civilization and uh, it can, can therefore do a lot of things to keep the rabble in line. But Ultimately, there there is just a point where if you keep building up your settlements, uh, people are going to get unhappy because oh look, the industry you built you built uh, created slums and made people unhappy. Uh, I shouldn't say slums because that is now a specific thing, uh, the, a different sort of building uh, whose inclusion I just cannot fathom. Slums make no sense whatsoever. No. It's like oops, no, I forgot to build 
on this new area and now they're slums and now I have to spend another turn destroying them and then build something on it and everyone's unhappy. Who gains something from that? Yeah. What does see, it provide? Actually, the slums thing is actually, I, I, I think, um, rather... Uh, it sort of typifies a lot of the uh, issues in Rome too. I would say because it is this it is this feature or mechanic, if you want to call it that, that forces you to click a few buttons, inconveniences you uh, anytime you you forget to check a little box, uh, you know, on your province management screen, and it's there, you know, in the illusion. It's it's there to provide the illusion of 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 gameplay of strategic depth. Uh, but but it, it serves no real function. It's just a thing you have to deal with. It, 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 every time slums form in a city, I feel like the game is harassing me. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm playing it. It's just bugging me. It's like you know, it's doing the thing like I'm not touching you. That's slums. That's Rome too, in some ways. Uh, but uh, but I think that having at least being able to manage everything and having the the cities interconnected in terms of public order, rather than having to go city by city. That's an advantage, but I was really disappointed to see, uh, I, I think much like you, Fraser, uh, I was really disappointed to see the fact that it really made not a damn bit of difference in terms of how wars play out. Uh, the big advantage here was supposed to be that it was going to cut down on the number of sieges, um, that basically your provincial capital was going to be defensible, uh, The pr uh, but everything else was sort of going to be outlying in the country, and, and you really would have to defend it with your army. And that 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 proves just not to be the case. Uh, so many of the settlements I find have a large enough, um, they have a large enough uh, garrison from buildings uh, after they've been developed to a certain point. That in a lot of cases, it's still just it, you might as well just siege them. Oh, or if you do attack them, you might as well auto resolve it because who wants to go to the trouble of fighting in these crappy little streets um, when the chances are, if you just auto calculate it, you'll be fine, possibly better than you would have been. Uh, if you controlled it, uh, which is something else. That, is anyone else finding that in auto-resolving is working absurdly well to the point where a lot of times I feel like it's wiser if I do not play a battle? I, I'm the complete opposite. Complete opposite. I would get these instances. Uh, this is on normal, mind you. When I changed it to hard, it was a little bit different. But on normal, uh, I would get these... Uh, terrible situations where I'd have barely any troops and I'd have like a, a fairly large army, at least for normal standards, which isn't actually that large at all. And the auto-resolve would tell me it would be a pitiful defeat. Maybe 2% of my army would survive. And I'd be like, okay, well then I might as well just play it myself. And it would be a stunning victory. Like, I'd completely annihilate the army just using the most simple, childish tactics of just basically, like, grouping together and just making, like, a square formation with my general in the middle. It would be so easy, and I'd wipe them out. And so it got to the point where I, I was actually not wanting to do any sort of auto-resolves, uh, which also meant that I was playing a lot of incredibly boring battles. Rowan, where, where are you coming down on the uh, auto-resolve issue? Are, are you being rewarded for fighting battles? Um, well, I had, I was just mostly trying to play it like I did previous Total Wars, where I tended to auto-resolve regardless for just time purposes, unless the battle seemed to be something that might be in the balance. And... Uh, then I didn't actually fight any battles because there was no real strategic difficulty. <laughs> um, so basically, 
I wasn't really fighting battles to see if I could win or lose, but instead mostly just to alleviate the boredom of the campaign map. And uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't actually have that much of an answer. I didn't like do an experiment to see which ones of these were working better or work, weren't working. I was, I was at a step before that where I was trying to figure out why the hell I wanted to keep playing mostly. Yeah, so for me, I, I find that it's particularly noticeable with naval battles. Uh, I, I find that, well, they're, they're so bizarre, uh, first of all. It's possible I just suck at them. Um, but I, I find that uh, where it really behooves me to auto-resolve is when I have an actual fleet uh, full of like purpose-built naval vessels attacking a group of enemy uh, transports with an army aboard it. Because uh, the AI loves to send unescorted armies uh, out to sea. Uh, which would seem like a bad idea. Except if you engage these guys uh, in a naval battle, you'll find that all the transports are effectively uh, the same ships you've got in a lot of ways. They're aren't they're, they're, they're crude versions of, of naval vessels, but they can still ram, uh, they can still uh, shoot if they've got ranged units aboard them, they can still board. Uh, and so with naval battles in particular, I've had an issue where auto-resolving, it seems to make sense because, hey, I have a fleet and you have transports, therefore this should be a slaughter. But if I play it on the battlefield, uh, what's going to happen is it just turns into a huge scrum. And since I'm a navy attacking an army, uh, a billion army aboard ships, uh, those units are still basically effective uh, in boarding actions, uh, which eventually the battle will come down to. And so I, I have found time and again where, like, what should what what auto resolving would have said would be like a slaughter uh, on the high seas. If I play it uh, in, you know, if I take personal command, it turns into a bruising slugfest uh, as those transports just sort of smack into my guys, and uh, then the infantry aboard them come swarming over the sides, which seems a little screwed up to me. I confess that I did actually do a lot of auto-resolving in the naval battles because, like you, I just maybe suck at them. Uh, because it, they, the idea is you should have... It's like a, each ship faces another ship. It's like ship versus ship. But actually, it does just become this horrible mess with all these ships crammed together. And the actual controls for naval battles are not responsive at all. Um, ramming is a real pain in the ass. Um, and ships get stuck all the time, which I suppose makes sense if they're all crammed together. There's not going to be that much room to maneuver. But every battle, they were crammed together. There was, it, it, and it just became, like you said, a slugfest. Well, I mean, that's not you sucking. That's the game creating a battle oh, yeah. that can't be tactical. And yeah. another another issue is that unlike the other tactical battles, it doesn't really depict what's going on. I mean, say what you will about the quality of the game, but at least like in the battles, you can see when archers are firing or uh, troops are charging or whatever. But in the naval battles, like you get these transports filled with guys and they're like supposedly boarding, but they're all just sitting there anyway. So it's really hard to tell what's going on, and I suppose, and it turns into a total scrum, and I suppose this might be accurate to the era, but it's certainly not interesting to play. And just another thing, um, if anyone from Creative Assembly just chances to be listening, 
we get it. You love flaming arrows. Everyone in the ancient <laughs> world had a freaking Zippo and a God. can of gasoline on him. We understand. That's your vision of history. You saw Gladiator. You loved it. You've been recreating it ever since. Stop it. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. And it was so much worse this time as well. I mean, or maybe I'm imagining No, it, no, no. It's like, it's like a napalm strike from an A-10 but- warthog. It's crazy. And then within seconds, every blo- every bloody soldier's on fucking fire. It's so annoying. No, no, it turns out if you shoot a flaming arrow through the air, whatever it strikes immediately just combusts as if it was, like, soaked in gasoline before the battle. Like, everyone just goes and, like, wades around in a little kiddie pool full of gasoline just for the purpose of turning into a human torch. Uh, whenever the archers inevitably use their firepower. And I don't know how you can have this much fire loose aboard ships uh, during naval battles, but boy, is it even more effective there uh, because everyone's just crammed onto those narrow little decks. And so if you're attacking, again, a bunch of archers aboard a transport, they'll just light their arrows, and suddenly your top-of-the-line warship is just, like, just covered in flames, and people are, like, running and screaming and diving off the sides. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's infuriating, uh, really. It's, 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 it's gimmicky, uh, and I, and I feel like, you know, there's always been, like, Total War's always towed this line, uh, with realism and spectacle, and you, like, you know, the mix can be better or worse, um, I felt like in, uh, in in Shogun, you know, you had the spectacle stuff, you had flaming arrows, but it didn't, like, overwhelm everything. Here, it just feels like... It just feels like they're not using weapons that make any sort of real world sense. It, it, it like even Hollywood, I don't think, goes this far. It's it's just it's it's crazy how much fire propagates uh, in this world. How easily it happens. How about those Egyptians on their curved chariots with their archers in the, the <laughs> intro? That that was that was a good and sign. I thought all the war dogs. Oh yeah, but <laughs> like the the Egyptians were one of the descendants of alexander's armies they were using phalanxes like this is this is a greek army this is yeah. not painted oh, yeah, there's egyptians nothing, from there's nothing ptolemaic about the the egyptians in this they called them ptolemaic but that was where it ended so um, there's one thing ptolemaic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but see here's here's my theory about everyone just suddenly bursting into flame i think someone at creative assembly read a book and I'm, I'm maybe a pamphlet <laughs> maybe just one about just one about how everyone in the ancient world kind of stank because there was no deodorant so they wore a lot of perfume and they got it into their heads that that made everyone incredibly flammable it's oh. the only thing that could possibly make sense the ancient world did catch fire a lot yeah maybe it was it. yeah maybe it was the 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 soaking in, in delicate perfumes uh that your average legionnaire loved to wear <laughs> yeah, see, we're, we're we're mocking, but maybe Creative Assembly knows something we don't. <laughs> to continue with the naval battles just a little bit more, uh, just because, like, the other the other thing is just that. Okay, first of all, transports shouldn't handle like triremes uh, or or really any sort of or no. cream or whatever. Uh, the the like, I'm I'm gonna help you out here. Uh, as, I think we got two classicists here on the show. Um. What separated a military combat vessel was, in fact, uh, its oars. Uh, if it had if it had an oar and a ram prow, it was a it was a combat vessel. 
Um, the thing about that is, it's not a, those are not actually terribly practical transports uh, for the, sort of the baggage and gear of an army. And so, what you, you you what you didn't have were entire armies embarked aboard triremes. Uh, it just it, it just wasn't a thing that that really happened. Uh, they were they were aboard merchantmen, uh, just just like they have been in, in pretty much any war. Uh, they might have some oars, but they couldn't handle like a combat vessel. So to just have an army suddenly materialize on the high seas with basically the same versions of ships that you've like spent a lot of money creating, uh, is just is really exasperating. Uh, you know, it should be like the navy's there to escort uh, to escort an army. Uh, so why why is this why why does it work this way? Beyond that, uh, I just find that you know. Naval naval combat, I think, generally has issues. We we talk about this on the show a lot. It's it's difficult to make naval warfare fun, and the Romans uh, certainly didn't make it uh, particularly cool. I mean, the the Roman strategy for winning at sea was largely conquer all the land around the sea and uh, declare <laughs> victory. And if God forbid you had to fight on the ocean, uh, you did well. This the game does get right. Uh, you did your best to turn it into a giant scrum of ships and win it uh, in board actions that was that was the roman way but it, you know ask yourself is that is that really enjoyable uh to play through i i don't think it is uh the the most fun i had was during the occasional like that opening pass uh, as the ships are sort of getting into position it was really cool to see a ram uh, a ramming attack really work like i enjoyed watching a ship's like sides being you know staved in people jumping over the sides that was cool i enjoyed that well, that's what it is. It's just a visual thing. It's the cinematic. Like I loved uh, just hitting. Uh, you know, I think it's insert, and then you're just like behind the army, and you're just watching it ram, and you get the UI out of the way, and it's great for taking screenshots. I took so many bloody screenshots because uh, it's so pretty, and it, you know, it, it feels great to actually have all these. You know, be right down in, with the Roman troops or, or whatever faction you're playing on the deck of the ship. Uh, as the waves are lapping up and, and it, it it was it was brilliant but then after maybe doing that a few times you realize that the actual gameplay in those segments is tiresome uh and you just want to skip it to talk about the land battles when i was no talking uh, to my girlfriend but, because uh that's exactly what the land battles were like too no we were talking about the uh, the sea battles <laughs> see i i like the land battles quite a lot no. to be honest <laughs> no. okay here we go let's 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 get this let, yeah let's this is happening right now um and we we should be clear uh fraser gave it a seven yeah fraser likes this yeah i i, I do yeah i think i i think that it's compared to other total war games it's not very good but it's still a lot of fun to play i mean not the campaign map the campaign map is shit that is half the game it. yeah but well, it, it's it's, but I spend on most of the, my time trying to get out of the campaign map, getting into battles, good battles, you know, fun ones, and when they are fun, they are amazing. Rowan, I got the sense you did not find many fun battles. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Before we even get to the battles themselves, um, so I played two games. I played the first one like forty years on normal. It's one turn per year if you haven't played it, which is an interesting choice. 
So I played the first game on normal and I was thinking, where are the battles? Like, when am I going to have my reasonably filled in army take on a reasonably filled in army of, you know, barbarians or Carthaginians or whatever? And it just didn't happen. And I thought, okay, maybe I need to play on hard. So I played it on hard and it just didn't happen. Like, I played for 40 years. I had one battle that was, you know, my... 15 units against an enemy army of 15 units and my army was uh had heavy infantry and theirs didn't so it wasn't even really that fair i was just desperate um and part of this is that the strategic ai is just terrible like it, there is literally no aggression whatsoever from the strategic enemy ai and when that happens it means that it basically turns into your superior armies looking for sieges and hoping that they don't maybe sneak one army around to take a quick city for a turn or two and they definitely don't invade you intentionally so you're at the point where i mean diplomatically they might once you start the war so you're at the point where there's never really any strategic pressure, and it's very rare to actually find a battle that seems to be a decent, okay, I want to play this and see if my generalship works. And then, to top it all off, when I finally got to that point, like 80 years into my hard uh, campaign, I was fighting the um, Arverni, which are one of the southern Gallic tribes, and they'd also moved into northern Spain. And I found one of their armies, and I tried to attack it, and it crashed. So I auto-resolved, <laughs> and uh, so I reloaded my auto-save and auto-resolved it, and then did that again a few years later, and it crashed again. So I got the impression that I could not fight my war in person because the Arverni would crash every single time. So that that was... Uh, a, a bit of a negative experience. It got to the point when I said, okay, I'm just writing a negative review. This is this is not getting better. So I had zero crashes and got into... I mean, obviously, normal is, is bad. Uh, and I, Normally, when I review a game, I, I base the review on normal. But it seemed that with, with uh, uh, Rome, that normal does not mean normal. It means, like, a game for a barely conscious player. <laughs> yeah, baby town uh, frolics. Uh, yeah, it, it's absurd. So I, I actually based, and I, you know, m most of my experiences that I explained in the review on on hard, um, and I found a lot of interesting battles. I mean, yeah, I admit I had to actually go looking for them and creating these situations where I was getting into these wars, and and I was going out and actually trying to find big battles to get into, and I found them quite a lot. I mean, it does take time though, because you start off with what three armies. And that's all you can field, which is absolutely rubbish. Um, but once you start getting into the, the higher Imperium and you get, you know, 9, 15 armies and then you can fill them all out, you can get some titanic clashes. And when you actually get into the, the, uh, the battles themselves, there's a lot of room for, for tactics. And, and, and the game provides a lot of, of tactical options as well, uh, which I appreciated. I mean, it's not that difficult but it's still i think engaging and and fun uh but if i was crashing every time i tried to get into a battle i imagine that that would have put me off it quite a um, bit so <laughs> i just want yeah, to say that it was mostly a stable game other than that um yeah the, the, but the that's issues 
The issues I were I was having were mostly in conception and not in bugs. So I don't think that like a simple patch is going to fix much other than perhaps that crash that I had. But anyway, yeah. go ahead, Rob. Well, so I had a mostly stable experience as well. I think I had like one lockup, uh, but yeah, given you know one lockup and hours and hours and hours, it's it's not so bad. So I mean. As far as getting those good battles, though, I mean, I think it's a huge problem when you basically have to play Total War like uh, de- like you're in Death Wish or something, and you're just taking your armies <laughs> into the worst possible neighborhoods in the hope that somebody's <laughs> going to jump you, and you can like you can mess that punk up. Uh, that 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 is a bit of an issue for me. The other thing is this, though. I had a real hard time finding truly Titanic clashes, and this this actually takes me back to a problem I had with the original Rome as well. Which is that I'm building actual armies. I'm assembling like carefully, you know, selected groups of high-level units uh, behind a general. Uh, you know, well balanced for combined arms tactics. Great. Uh, I send them out, and even if they end up fighting an army of roughly equivalent strength, what I'm going to find is a whole bunch of dross units. Uh, yeah, like just just archers. The amount of times that I was fighting an army that was just ranged units, and that was it. Like, why would the AI build something like that? Well, right, but <laughs> and that's the problem is I found very like really depressingly few cases where I was fighting a full like you know stand up battle uh, between someone else who was also tooled up for a a, a real conventional battle. Most of the time, uh, this became a. Uh, Rome sort of plows forward and skirmishers pack at it, and then my cavalry kills them, or they charge, and it just it was it, it wasn't like a lot of times it, it just wasn't really that dramatic. Um, and you you know you you know even if you say well you know the the Romans you know had more advanced tactics and a more professional army, yeah, but come on. Come on, like the best the barbarians can do are like, you know, a bunch of guys with like spears shaped out of the nearest tree branch and guys throwing rocks. That's it. Uh, and that's kind of how it felt a lot of times. And I really think there were more obstacles in the path of Roman expansion than simply the length of time their armies could walk in a year. I think that <laughs> occasionally they lost battles. I'm pretty sure that they're famous for that. Yeah, it is pretty hard to lose a battle. As, as the Romans, unless you actually do something really, really stupid. But I mean, admittedly, isn't the Roman, ca- is the Roman campaign, the, it's, Icenian Roman campaigns are the easy ones. Uh, there's easy, normal, and hard campaigns, and they're entirely separate from the easy, normal, hard, and legendary difficulties. Um, so if you're playing, even if you are playing hard with the Romans, you are playing a campaign that is designed for like entry level. Because remember, this is a this is a series that's in, insanely mainstream. There are people who do not play strategy games at all, but will play Total War and love it. So I think that the Roman campaign is for those people. It doesn't necessarily justify it being that easy when it's called yeah, Rome. A shame the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not justifying. I'm just saying that there's there's a sort of uh, a logic behind it. Is that and you know I I know a lot of people who who absolutely loved. Rome 2 a lot more than I did and aren't really into strategy games normally and they had a decent challenge playing on normal with the Romans Um, I think it's easy to forget when we play so many strategy games that are very complex and very difficult that not everyone wants that as well yeah 
but I'm sounding like such an apologist right now. It's yeah, awful. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of like it kind of makes me want to punch you the next time I see this. Uh, a <laughs> so bit. sorry. Like, I find myself like getting slightly angry uh, as you say that. <laughs> I'm angry at me because uh, well. yeah, because it, it, it's kind of the whole like you know, well, millions of people love solitaire on Windows. Uh, yes, yes, there are <laughs> many they people. Do, and, they don't love it. Yeah, no, but but that's the thing is is like this is it's such a tackling dummy at times, and I'm not even sure how much people are going to really. Uh, well, it didn't stop people from liking uh, the first Rome so much, though I think it, it executed a lot of this better. But to the battles themselves, I hate them. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I friggin' hate them, and this is one of my favorite parts of uh, of the Total War series, and. Everything about them just feels a little bit off. It's like a shopping cart with a wonky wheel or something. Like, you notice it, and then for the rest of your time in the grocery store, it's driving you insane. Because <laughs> it's like, it, it's good enough to sort of get the job done, kind of, but it keeps pulling to the side, and it ke- you keep wrestling with it, and the more you try to do, the more it fights you. And that's Rome 2's tactical battles. Like... Let's start with the pacing themselves. Um, now, the the best events I heard of them came from our buddy Paul Dean, as he and I were talking. Uh, he reviewed it for Eurogamer. I think he also gave it a 7. But he actually liked the fact the battles rarely take more than 10 minutes. Uh, he liked that it was sort of drop in, drop out, like, just, you know, get it done really quickly. Uh, it's it it does it does seem like Rome is trying to address the fact that sometimes in earlier Total War games you could have battles that would last the full sixty minutes, uh, just these like sprawling uh, you know death matches uh, between armies, which I actually really liked when that happened. Now it sucks when you had an appointment or you had to leave the house or something, and your entire play session could have been consumed by one battle, uh, and you kind of want want to do stuff on the campaign map. In Rome two. Let's face it, you probably don't have anything you're dying to do on the campaign map. Uh, so this is probably the highlight of your day. Uh, so naturally, we should make the They're battles so as short shiny. as possible. <laughs> we should make those battles as short as possible so we can get you back to that campaign map and get you waiting on the turn cycles. Uh, like, hey guys, we've got Which politics. we haven't even mentioned yet. This is oh, the single worst part of the game. No. And we haven't mentioned this yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is the one thing that I, that I hope can eventually be patched, right? But if you haven't played the game yet, um, you should know that your purchase of when you go when you go and buy Rome Two, if you do, which I which I discourage you from doing, I think at this point. Uh, but if you do buy Rome Two, I highly recommend picking up some reading material. <laughs> um, I don't think those monitor. turn times were so long for you guys. Literally, oh my god. Honestly, even at the point where you're like, uh, you know, you've got the 15 armies and you've uncovered the whole map, it never lasted for more than a minute for me. And a minute's still way too long, uh, especially since I turned off show enemy moves, because when you've got show enemy moves on, it's terrible. But I was averaging about 30 seconds. I counted it. With no. my phone, with my okay. stopwatch on my phone, thirty seconds. Uh, okay, but 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 Fraser, first of all, like I, I don't think mine ever broke like a minute and a half. Two, oh, I, I do feel like I've had some two minute turn cycles. Um, it certainly feels long because you're well, doing nothing. It does. And I but agree. Here's that's the other a problem. Thing. This is a game where a lot of times stuff's going to come up where you just have to hit oh, and yeah. turn a few times. The so yeah, times one I was going through so... five. Yeah, so it becomes more like four minutes because you've just skipped a bunch of turns. Yeah. 
Yeah, and especially because like conquering new territory creates so many public order problems that basically oh, yeah. just have to be mitigated through time and construction. Yeah, you that, just like, build temples. Yeah, your reward for agents. a new conquest is like oh, 20 awful. minutes of hitting a turn. <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you this, because um, I, because I, 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 we should say something good about Total uh, Rome too. Um, it really let me read a book that I've been meaning to get around to for a while, um, World War Z, uh, which is kind of a cool Great take book. on Studs Terkel's uh, the, the the Good War. Uh, and yeah, that boy, I mean that that book was like tailor made. Uh, for for Rome too, because it has all these like little like uh, little short stories, uh, really that are just the perfect length of a of a Rome two turn. Unfortunately, I finished the goddamn book. I finished a novel, not admittedly sort of a simple novel, but I finished a novel it's during one quarter. No, it's not. It's during a one book. quarter of a Rome game. Okay, Rome. so like, uh, yeah. How was the football game, Rob? It, it it started out well, uh, but eventually it turned into a blowout, and I still watched every play. I started rewinding <laughs> it when I missed the huddle uh, because <laughs> I was afraid of like running out a, a football game on, on last Thursday uh, during my game of Rome. Anyway, <laughs> back to the battles, uh, which you'll spend shockingly little time playing. The the time, the normal amount of time that you would spend like half in the strategic map, half in the tactical map, is now like. Half strategic map, forty percent waiting for turns, ten percent tactical battles. I think it is different though when you've got all fifteen armies, and it takes a hell of a long time to get your Imperium up to that point. Uh, and that's one of the biggest mistakes that I think Creative Assembly did, where they artificially limited how many armies you could field, um, and not by like how many generals you have, but by Imperium, which is the dumbest thing that they've ever created. Well, as you know, politics is much worse. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! <laughs> We're saving that though. <laughs> but I, I, okay. got, I was getting into multiple battles almost every turn. When I had 15 armies, I, I had them spread all over the world and there was constant conflict. And I mean, some of these battles I would auto resolve because they weren't really interesting me. The, there was maybe like 70 Iceni against like 5,000 Romans. Um, but it, eventually it would become a lot more uh, sprawling and there'd be so many armies and it would take hours to get through you know, a couple of turns. And I was spending very little time on the campaign map. And that's where the game got just, not just good, but great. Um, I mean, a lot of it's just shite. But those moments were, for me, completely worth it. The play for 200 years. <laughs> it becomes a decent game. Well, a great okay. game. So let's talk about the tactics, Rob, before we get distracted by something else that's terrible. Because <laughs> I think that you're in agreement with me that there aren't really tactics. I don't think there are. I think they made it basically impossible uh, to to have tactics, which perhaps is just what those what those phantom gamers that Fraser cares about. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that was the problem with Total War all along. You know, boy, it would, sure would be great if there was no meaningful discernible difference between my types of infantry and cavalry and archers, and it all just turned into a melee. Uh, then yeah, uh, I think it, it serves those people well. But I like, you know, honestly, for me, I just did not feel. One of the things I've always liked about the Total War series is actually sort of the pace of each battle. It has these distinct phases, right? Like, after you deploy and you set your army position, you set your control groups, uh, there's sort of this little, like, 
in the better ones, I would say there's this the, there's a little bit of a dance. Now, you, you know, th- maybe people like, find this boring. I never did. It was sort of a jockeying for position. Where's this battle going to take place? Feeling out each other's position, uh, trying to find the best ground to engage. Then you would have sort of the initial clash. And you'd have to decide whether or not you're going to go all in on it or not. Uh, were you going to take this fight fully, or were you going to try to pull back to a better position? But whatever, you had the you had the first clash, and then you had those moments when it was like try and maneuver your units around in combat. You know, setting fire priority for your ranged units. What's your artillery doing? Uh, you know, are the spearmen arrayed to fend off that cavalry that are flanking? And then there's the moment where you decide to like to commit your reserve. Right, you finally go all in and live or die. Uh, this battle's going to be over now uh, with with, the, with this next push. Uh, that was generally the rhythm of, of most uh, of most total war battles, I would say, and I think it's a good one. I think it makes you feel like it gives you that great feeling of you're the general. Uh, this is total war, and you're the guy in command, uh, and and you are you are sort of leading this army uh, in battle. Now, yeah, it's it's all a historical. No ancient commander ever had the ability to be like, hey, you guys in the middle of that melee, uh, why don't you why don't you redeploy uh, your line and turn it eh, a little scotch to the right? Yeah, great, beautiful. Like no, Caesar's yeah. just in a hot air balloon, <laughs> shouting at his troops, yeah. guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. So that it's ahistorical, but it, but it, the, I think the effect was it felt really fun to be the general. I do not feel that Rome two really lets me do that. I think it's everything's been sped up so much to get those quick resolutions to battles that in the time it takes to see a lot of those opportunities to do the things I just described, you know, set who's what are your archers firing at, where do we send your reserve? I feel like the battle's already basically reaching its end. Uh, before any of that really comes into play. See, I agree with you wholeheartedly up to the point where you say Rome 2 doesn't do that. Because I, honestly, I, I that happened so much for me. It was definitely sped up. There's no doubt about it. But I still think it, it had that just maybe a little bit quicker. There was still that dance where you're feeling out the enemy. There's still the bit where you've got reserves maybe in the forest, especially if you've got cavalry just waiting to charge or you're holding back some spearmen in case the enemy cavalry tries to flank you and you're setting priorities for archers. It had all of that. It was just a lot quicker. And I can totally understand why you wouldn't like the speed, but I I think it it still happened Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had the ability to do that, like all the. Same it was just maybe not necessary things. because yeah, the enemy AI that, is kind I think of that's shit. that. That's I part could, of yeah, it. Yeah, I could understand because I admittedly went but, out of my way to have fun and actually do those things because I could because I had those options. And I admit that maybe if I hadn't, if I just not bothered and I just charged every all of my men at all of the enemies, I could have probably had the same outcome, maybe. But I just didn't ever do that. Because that would have been really boring. <laughs> well, I think it's worth comparing it to, I think, Shogun 2, which was, at least out of the box, it had, I think, the best battle rhythm. It was also still fast. like, And that part of that was that like when you got, when you shattered the enemy's morale at one point, then the rest of their army would follow pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and in Rome 2, it does... Yeah, Rome 2 individual units lose morale so much faster that they don't affect the rest of the army as much so you get these unit individual units routing that aren't matched by the rest of the army so what seems to be initially faster 
is actually turns into this long-term melee scrum. I found Shogun 2's battles a lot faster because once you got your lines hitting each other and once you committed that cavalry charge, then, you know, the morale system would take over and you would have an into that tactical battle. Whereas Rome 2, I just found it disintegrated into the melee scrum and the melee scrum might have been faster than melee scrums from non-Shogun 2 Total Wars. But I... very rarely found the Shogun 2 battles where you ended up with like three units left and you're trying to figure out like whether you can route this last enemy infantry with your one archer unit or whatever. But that happened regularly in Rome 2. And I just, that was just incredibly boring. Yeah, and I, and I would say that one interesting side effect of the way previous Total War games sort of had this idea of armies reaching their breaking point and it all just kind of go to hell all at once is that it made those battles where you managed to rally, where you managed to sort of reassemble, uh, you know, a combat line and, and go on to win or or at least make it a better fight, made those really, really memorable. Uh, the, the, those tended to be really amazing battles where it was like, oh, I thought it was lost, but we, you know, we rallied behind this one hero unit and slowly, you know, reassembled and, and went on to win. Uh, here, it does feel much more, uh, and, and I'm wary of using the term, but it does feel much more uh, gamey. It feels like you're just sending, like, you know, band selecting units, grabbing whatever's available, hurling it at the, uh, the other guy that's still standing there. Um, I also found there were some questionable decisions with how battles are resolved. Uh, a lot of Rome battles uh, hinge on control points. Well, all this, all the sieges and anything that you've got like a fort in. Yeah, and since there aren't that many, uh, and since there aren't that many uh, open field battles uh, in Rome. No. Yeah. And also, even if you have an open field battle, you might have a bloody fort slapped onto it. So it will be, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't hinge on that control point, but that still plays a massive part. But when, the, when a control point is in play, um, I find it gets really silly really fast. Uh, I had a battle, um, I lost a battle, actually, uh, in the, just the most absurd way possible, uh, which is that I basically routed every single enemy unit. Uh, shattered uh, two armies. The third one was coming up from the shore. Uh, it was a navy, actually, that had landed. And in the process of killing everything, uh, I had pulled my units slightly off this uh, little control point with, you know, standard control point, little radius of, of control. Uh, and my unit, I had one unit left in, in that radius. Uh, so when this group of enemy ships sort of came ashore and walked up to the control point and sort of uh, chased off the unit that was there, uh, they got the control point. And immediately my whole army is descending on them and is, is, is plowing through them. Uh, and it actually appears to be partly within the control point radius uh, when the battle just ends. And it was control like... Control points are stupid. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, I, had a, I had a pretty similar experience, but it was with... Uh, a routing unit and it had actually like so i i demolished the army and there was maybe one unit that i hadn't spotted that was fleeing and then it decided to stop fleeing and then just hang out at the control point and my army was like too far away to reach it in time now i i confess that maybe i should have kept someone there defending it that was a stupid move on my part but it makes no sense that my gigantic uh, very successful army suddenly lost an entire town just because like one ragtag unit stood in one spot for 20 seconds it doesn't make sense 
And, and sometimes the AI has ridiculous control point issues. Like, I had a fight where I was... I don't remember what it was. It was something with a control point that was just, like, in the middle of nowhere. I think I was besieging a town, and they were trying to break the siege, and if they took the control point, which I guess was supposed to represent my camp, they would uh, win the battle. So it was, like, my land army of roughly equal strength with the garrison, plus they had a few boats full of troops. So I eventually won after a annoying melee scrum i eventually beat off the land army and then the naval troops are supposedly approaching me and they like easily outnumber me two to one and they just walk off like yeah i just says i'm not gonna bother fighting over this control point and it's like this is this is the point it's it's right there it's in the name it's, <laughs> it's your target like how how are you not trying to get this yeah, the other thing I have, the other thing I guess I have with the with the pacing of the battles is that, uh, for one, I, I don't feel like I have time to appreciate the glorious graphics. I really don't. Like I, I felt like in previous Total Wars, there was usually like there was a moment where the, sort of the combat was stable enough that people were just sort of fighting along the lines that I could you know take a moment to sort of drop my camera down and see how my samurai were doing or whatever, and it was it was pretty nifty uh, to watch that happen. Here I am playing it much more like it's StarCraft Two or something, just sort of hot king around quickly, uh, throwing units uh, at a different target. Uh, which means that I don't really sort of get to appreciate uh, one of the main features of Rome, which is its looks. Um, and I don't so much care about that, but I, I do feel that with previous Total Wars, uh, particular, particularly Shogun, uh, but, I, but I felt uh, others others did this well, as well uh, too, the animations and the art were sort of expressive enough of the way combat was going that you got a sense, just looking at a battlefield... I had a really strong sense for what was happening. Like, you know, you 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 got to like you learned to read what a what a folding line looked like. You know, like you knew like even without hovering over for contextual clues, um, which is actually harder here because they removed basically all the text uh, from the interface and have replaced everything with cryptic icons. Uh, so you, you, you see a unit in combat and you hover over it and you get these three like tiny little things telling you what's going on with that unit that I cannot for the life of me decipher. Like I wish I had a box copy, I guess, cause maybe they send you a key, uh, that you can tape to your monitor, uh, to help you understand what the, what the icons are. Uh, but so that, so it's become much more cryptic to see what's happening. And it used to be I, I barely needed uh, the the tooltip cues uh, anyway because the pacing and, and and the graphics worked together to let me sort of perceive the ebb and, ebb and flow of battle uh, during combat. I do not feel like that's happening here. And maybe it's just because it's happening too fast. Uh, but I do feel like... In a weird way, I feel more detached from the combat than ever before. Like everything, just like it's like watching ants battle, uh, and I and I don't have a sense for for what the hell's going on down there. It it does seem weird that because on the campaign map, it's as much as it's not very good. It is very informative. Like there's a hell of a lot of information, and it's really easy to get. Um, but in battle, as you said, it's it's a lot more cryptic, way more cryptic than it's ever been before. So it's strange that they didn't have both segments 
very informative. Like they're just like actually we'll just we'll half arse the battle information and just put all the effort into the campaign map, even though it's not as good. It's a very strange decision. Yeah, so I mean like you know, and if if the battles don't really work and, and, and maybe I just need to go and hit that late game and start more trouble. But in my game so far, uh, I just haven't had that many memorable battles. I think I've had maybe out of, you know, 20 or so battles I've fought personally uh, on land, I've had maybe two or three uh, that were actually kind of cool by the end. But the rest have been have been kind of weird. Also, has anyone found a way to get the uh, game to tell you, uh, to, to give you the battle stat breakdown? Like which units killed what and suffered the highest losses? At the on the loading screen, when it's reloading the campaign map, it shows that information. It, it shows you who, how many they killed, and and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, they have little cards on them that show, like, um, you know, they the red shows how many casualties they took, and then they have little numbers that show how many they killed. Okay, yeah, because those. Okay, I just need to read those cards better, I guess, or it's just reloading too quickly. Uh, but you can't like <laughs> linger over that report. It doesn't seem so. No, because it's just it's just like a load screen. Yeah, it's really it's weird. Did they play Total War games? <laughs> this is my question. It's like, did they play Shogun Two? Shogun Two had most of these things working. No, it, it's it's like they they were fixing what wasn't broken, and then and then just making complete hash out of all their new ideas. Um. Be, yeah, no, because, like, okay, so that's that to me is kind of a seminal feature of Total War. Like, wasn't it kind of cool to see who the oh, yeah. biggest badasses of the battle were? Definitely. And it's strange because you've you've got the whole idea of, of keeping these these legions and they have this these kind of traditions and then you've got these generals who are actually meant to mean more. Uh, and I would have thought that battle statistics would tie perfectly into that. No. Um, but it, it doesn't work like that at all in the end. No, so God, I'm so angry. I'm so angry. <laughs> like, I mean, I, an hour in, we're finally really getting into our feelings on this. Just, this is, <laughs> I, you know, this I apologize, is, listeners, because I know, like, I know, just like rampant negativity is not all that fun to listen to. But like, I don't think you maybe fully appreciate how great I was hoping this game would be. Like, you know, for for all the crap I'm giving it. Uh, I I really love the 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 Roman period. I, I love this era of history. I love I love I love the pomp. I lo- I love the gleeful savage imperialism. Uh, you know, and I even enjoy the pop culture references that the the influences that the Creative Assembly have traditionally channeled. I'm somebody who get like guiltlessly, I would say, enjoys the Last Samurai, even though I know it's this travesty of history. <laughs> Uh, I'm just like, yeah, it's 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 really garbage, but boy, that Ken Watanabe sure can act. And ooh, look at those cherry blossoms and muskets. Uh, all of it works for me, uh, and this and this just doesn't. And 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 stuff like missing out on the on the stat breakdowns of units. So much has been like, so much emphasis was placed on artificially creating the illusion of personality and customization for your armies, and all they do. The best they can do is it, it doesn't even really compare to sort of the connection you formed with these units yourself in previous games. I don't know about you, but I tend to have pretty stable army lineups, uh, you know, in, in previous Total War games. You know, like when I had like a hero unit of samurai who at one battle only went in with like 20 guys and somehow held the line and those 20 guys, you know, 
maybe, you know, 10 of them lived, but they killed like, you know, 150, 200 people during that battle. Uh, that's an awesome unit. I'm going to remember that. Uh, and their experience is going to mean a little more to me, and I'm going to keep that army together. And when one of those units is, is wiped out, it's going to be a real loss. Uh, here, uh, I, I don't feel that connection with my individual units. I actually have no idea who any of them are or what they've done. Uh, and I don't really feel that connection is really taken up by the Legion because all those choices just seem so minor and so meaningless. They're just buffs. That's it. Really so small buffs, too. Not even yeah, cool buffs. Like plus one to stuff. I remember when it was first revealed how traditions were going to work, and I was so excited. It sounded bloody awesome. And then to find out that it was just a statistical buff that actually went, and when you actually play with them, you don't even notice. It was awful. And then when that unit in that legion's destroyed, then another legion can just pick up that banner, and it's like you haven't even lost the legion. There's no like it, there's no tense battles where you're like, I'm going to lose this, and all the effort I've put into this legion is you know is for nothing, and it's tragic. There's none of that because then you can just get another legion and they can have the same traditions and it's fine. Right, and, and it's uh, talking about missing the point entirely. Like it's they they almost create a system that might make you care, but then because it might have a negative consequence because it might be maybe I don't know frustrating to have a legion lose all its experience because you know God forbid you suffer an actual loss in a war. Uh, they, they hedge and they're like, oh you yo you know Vero lost three legions up in Germany. It's okay. It turns out the Legion standard is magic. And all the Legion's memories are contained in that Legion. And any soldier who touches it will immediately have the same set of buffs as the actual, like, unit, the organizational unit that marched from, like, Carthage to Egypt and up to Germany. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so misplaced. And, I boy, I have never played a Total War game where I've given less of a shit about generals either. Oh, and the household stuff. Oh. See, I like I like retainers and stuff like that. It gives the generals a bit of character, and there's almost like a history to in them. this game. But it, in this, no, no, no. I'm talking oh, retainers and stuff. So like Shogun and yeah. Uh, but like in this, it's terrible. I couldn't believe. I I remember like when I found they were getting put in a pool. A, how is it my bloody household then? <laughs> I mean, I know. they're like they're like forty of them just sitting there for and any tiny buff that I might same want. Buffs. And again, just cryptic the icons. The same. Yeah, well, no, I, I, the icons were okay because they're going for the um, the black figure pottery thing, which is thematically, well, it's actually, that's Greek, to be fair. But it's, it's at least thematically <laughs> consistent with antiquity. Um, but my issue is, like, that you could just have, so I've got all these, like, apparently loyal household members, but if I just feel like getting a different buff, I can toss that one aside, put it in a pool, and a totally different general can immediately pick that one up, as if it's like a fucking Pokemon card. It was so stupid. The only one that it worked for was the floozy because it made sense that she'd get around a bit. But, but all the other ones, it didn't make sense. It was like loyal, like loyal soldier. Why is my loyal soldier buggering off to this other general who's part of a different, like, patrician house? Loyal, really open-minded soldier. Yeah. Oh, it was so stupid. And no. just like the traditions, the buffs were absolutely crap. And my God, they just keep coming too. It's oh, just, yeah. it's just like, it's just like retinue bukake up in this yeah. game. It's just horrifying. <laughs> like, it's like I don't, 
I don't get a message telling me that new technology has been researched, but I get a pop-up for every fucking retinue member. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to click through it. And then, I mean, because because this game takes place uh, year by year, and because Creative Assembly is going to be damn sure it's realistic about lifespans, uh, if nothing else, uh, apparent, you know, apparently... You know, again, the touch of an archer's fire arrow will will will, will like lay waste to a city. Remember, Rob, it's because of the perfume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but God forbid, generals or agents uh, last more than like twenty turns. Uh, as, a year. As the amount of times I always get just agents dying, and not because of like assassinations or anything. They were just ill. They didn't they're catch a plague or something. They got they're just uh, old. Yeah, they're like twenty, and then suddenly they're not and dead. What fun gameplay. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about the agents for a little? Because um, <laughs> if we're looking for yet another symbol of everything that's gone horribly wrong, <laughs> the agents are just, like, I don't know. I don't know what they did wrong, but I felt like agents in previous games served a purpose other than simply this is something that I guess I can recruit. Like... I've I've never like liked spies agents, and really. yeah, never I mean they're great. not great. But I mean, I, I like remember in Shogun like... Two, I got use out of them. Like I knew that if I got the ninjas a were kind of cool. Yeah, if I got a Metsuke and I dropped him in a town that was about to rebel, like that would be useful. Like I knew that that would work. What what is it? A dignitary in Rome Two that yeah. is supposed to do oh, that? God. Only but thing he doesn't I even did... go into the town. It's yeah, just he like if he's in the, in the province. See, I just use them to lower. Uh, public disorder or raise public order or inexplicably change the culture of a region <laughs> because one dude standing in the middle of a bloody road nowhere near any city suddenly makes all of these greeks really roman <laughs> and then and then like they die from old age constantly but they will never ever 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 succeed in an assassination attempt ever <laughs> even if it's like 90 percent success right no it's failed. something in the game says that it will always be a wound at worst and yeah, i'm you can pretty sure that's them. a bug yeah, yeah but that's I'm not odd. actually entirely certain that that's not an intentional thing kind of like the legions where creative assembly like didn't want you to ever actually suffer a real loss i love that in, I assassination. in rome too time is far more dangerous than a poison dagger <laughs> it's yeah. and then to top it off like there are there are three different types of agents, and each of them you can have like from the start you can have two of each, so that's six more units that can move around the map. So I feel like one of the big problems in every every time you click in turn is that the AI is calculating what each different agent for all one hundred of those fucking factions can do, and that takes like five times more time. It's not a whole lot of time. Like we're talking, you know, going from two-tenths of a second to a full second but like each of those agents slows down the game and adds nothing discernible to enjoyment of the game no and they all have they all have those three stats authority cunning and zeal mm -hmm. and each agent has to have a particular action type associated with that trait which sounds like strategy oh yes it sounds <laughs> like strategy and is it is like Somebody, or perhaps everybody, uh, involved with this game was very susceptible to things that sounded like game design, but did not actually <laughs> rise to that level. Uh, because, 
when you have three stats and then three actions per agent uh, that that can then that play off those play off those stats. Uh, first of all, like chances are, there's never there's going to be a false choice pretty much every juncture because the, like all the stats are not going to be equal. Uh, you're going to build your agent uh, one way, and rarely is it going to make sense to risk having an agent thrown away on a you know ten or twelve percent chance of success uh, when their relevant stat uh, you know for for the correct sort of action is going to give you a, a seventy or eighty percent chance. Not that it matters. Uh, the action will still fail. Uh, the question is whether it fails coolly or fails disastrously. Also, no, uh, no little videos either. I kind of miss them. I mean, I know you'll only watch, you only watch them no, once, no, generally, no, and then you just skip past them, but there is none of them on, on Rome 2. I missed that. But there's but a video for every camp. general that dies. You get that video. Oh, yeah, but it's just, it's just the bust. That's it. Yeah. No, it, it, so... Yeah, so like the agent, just just controlling the agents with those three stats and everything. It's just it's it creates this absurd layer of management where it's like, oh, do I want do I want my spy to have a high authority? No, you don't because she's a goddamn spy. Okay, she <laughs> wanted to have a high cunning or a high zeal so she can like cut throats, but like authority is not going to be that relevant to her. Like it's it just like it used to be that agents had a certain role they played and they got experience that let them play that role better, and now there's this this there's this like illusory uh, sense of choice and consequence associated with uh, with their stats and their upgrades. Uh, not that the upgrades matter again, because unless you're doing something <laughs> with them, like every turn, uh, they're not going to advance that far. Because in 20 years, they're all going to be dead, and you're going to have to replace them. And believe me, <laughs> most of your time on strategy map is going to be spent replacing generals and agents who've died of old age. That is the majority of sort of the administrative task management uh, I have to do. Let's go back to Medieval 1 uh, for a salutary example that, that might be useful to uh, Creative Assembly in the future. Uh, in, in Medieval, uh, characters did die of old age. And usually they were replaced, uh, just as if by magic, with somebody with basically identical stats. Uh, so... Like, if you lost a top general or something um, of too old age... Uh, there would be like a sun that materialized and would have roughly the same stats. Yeah, it was complete crap. But it did mean that the rank 12 general that you cr you spent the entire game sort of building up uh, over the course of dozens and dozens of battles um, was a real asset. Really, like you had a connection to that character. Here, they're just all interchangeable drones. Um, you never form that connection. Uh, and so... There and even if you kind of do, he'll be wounded and taken out of the game for five years. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly, and then he'll be dead five years after that. Uh, and then, of course, it even it, it further undercuts any hope of getting anything out of the political game. Uh, what political game? <laughs> that's a good, good question. Gravitas. Oh, how bloody stupid was that? I just, I, I am so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, okay, you have you. In a strategy game, you can have these interacting systems that will prevent you or allow you to do bigger and different things. For example, in previous Total War games, if you had enough gold, you could build bigger armies. Like, you get more cities, you get more gold, you build better buildings, you get more gold. That allows you to build and maintain more armies. In Rome 2, it's Gravitas that allows you to build more armies. Like... Money is almost meaningless. You just get, like, shitloads of money for no good reason. 
and you can keep your armies together, you can build that army in southern Italy that's never going to be attacked because Carthage has smaller fish to fry or whatever. You can build that army up to 20 units and still have plenty of time to maneuver up in northern Italy. But if you don't have enough gravitas, you can't build that fourth legion. And like, some of the ways that you generate gravitas through the... I, I mean, I remember when Creative Assembly were promising these historical events, but it turned out these historical events are stupid decisions that you have to make that initially seem kind of interesting, like a, ver a Vestal Virgin has actually been found out to be shagging around. Uh, what do you do about her? And then you just click an option and there's some arbitrary result and then you might get some gravitas or you might not get some gravitas and then you just move on and it has no real impact on the game. It's just something that's popped up like a little text adventure. No, and, and, I, and I applaud uh, wh whoever Creative Assembly has such a bad case of paradox envy. Um, and God knows I, too, would rather have been playing uh, European Universalis or Crusader Kings 2 than spending my time on Rome 2. Uh, but nevertheless, if you're going to import a system like that, uh, if you're going to create these, these little like narrative interludes, of which there are only like five, um, then you should maybe do something with them. Uh, as opposed to just having these like irrelevant little choices, uh, these little choicelets. Um, like I had, uh, yeah, I, I, I had some member of my family and because you have no idea who your family is, there's no real sense of family, whatever. Uh, so just some random character, uh, that the game made up, uh, had a son and the sun was touched by the gods or something. Uh, like, you know, you meet the sun and an eagle lands on his shoulder I only, I only found this out, by the way, when I stumbled into the uh, the, the family uh, panel, uh, because the game didn't actually notify me there was a decision I had to make. Uh, I was just clicking around and noticed that it was like, hey, something needs your attention. I was like, oh, thanks, game. I will give it my attention. Uh, so what to do with this kid who's been blessed by the gods? Uh, I could recruit him and make him a general. Uh, or uh, he belongs to the gods and he should go and follow his own path uh, as the gods want. I said, hey, that sounds pretty cool, right? Like, send, a, yeah, send Achilles off to find out what, what, what the gods want of him. So I send him off. Next turn I get, get word, the boy has forged his own path and has become a great warrior. And I never heard about him again. <laughs> but Rob, you, you probably got maybe ten gravitas. Oh <laughs> it's... my god. It's just... It's so... It's it's just it's just stuff made up and thrown in there, and there's there's no coherence to it, uh, and so that's the main part of the politics. But then there's there's Senate politics, where oh my god, I can barely even get this out because it's so boring just to describe it. <laughs> this this is a problem I had with my review is that like people were saying, well, you didn't talk about this, and I was like, this is one percent of the game, and it's stupid. I don't want to talk about it. It's pointless to talk about. It's pointless in the game. It won't take up any time. Giving it more than a single sentence would be a disservice to people who wanted to know what the game was like to play. Yeah, the, the senatorial politics is just what you promote. You can promote some dude or you can kill some other dude. And you'll always succeed in doing those things, which is inexplicable. It's like, so you can't assassinate yeah, anyone with an agent, <laughs> but you could always, without fail, assassinate political rivals. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. And, and you, you're, you're trying to amass Senate support, but why? I don't know. I don't it's know. For, it's for a civil war. Right. It's so you can, it, because with those particular factions, so I think it's it's only Rome and Carthage 
think one of the other ones might have it as well. Um, and if you get full senatorial support, apparently you can start a civil war and turn it into an empire. Never happened. Weirdly. Not once. <laughs> I'm not weird. I thought civil wars sort happen. of happened when politics were divided. No, I, uh, or maybe... <laughs> But you can turn it into an empire if you have full senatorial support. Or maybe it's... I Honestly, I don't really know how it works because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of important parts of Roman history that are fucking stupid in Rome, too, like the whole Marian uh, Reformation oh, of the Legions... It's a piece of technology. It's a piece of technology that <laughs> oh turns into God. a building you can build. And you can have legions turned out in like 20 years. You can just switch from Principes and Triarii to legionnaires in like 20 years. If I you just asked go straight through. To, I asked uh, a couple of people from Creative Assembly when I was at the preview event uh, in the summer if we would see things like the Mariner forms and stuff like that, because I always remember that being like a major, sorry, almost like a turning point in, in, in Rome 1. Um, and they were like, yeah, 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 you'll have something like that. I didn't think it would just be a fucking building. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be an event that, that changed everything, but no. No, history... <laughs> it was a technology upgrade. Yeah. That's what history is. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, God. Yeah, history is just this passive force. The progress just happens with, like, no real input from you, no sense of connection to the game. Uh, it's just like, okay, yeah, they're, they're Marian legion, legionaries now. Really, where did we learn that? How did we, how did we figure this out? Well, it's, like, the guys at the temple, they were reading some scrolls, and uh, <laughs> they found out about uh, uh, small unit tactics and uh, modern military organizations. So here we have legions now. Enjoy. Yeah, how, how could it happen if Marius isn't even there? Yeah, it's like they, there's no historical. It's like characters. I've been I've been I've been fighting guys with like spears and rocks for like 50 years. Like, <laughs> what was the impetus behind? You know, what we really need is an advanced logistical structure to handle these fucking peasants. I just I, I thought that the next step would be like Sulla's dictatorship would also be a technological upgrade or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> like suddenly you're a dictatorship because you've just unlocked this piece of tech. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. So yeah, that stuff's no good. Um, no, and, and so I'm just kind of seven Fraser. I do. I <laughs> honestly, because like, I'm starting to sound really negative about it now as well. But there are, as I said in the review, there are all of these things that really do suck. But there are a lot of things that I I really like about it, and I think that a lot of the core stuff that that I've loved about Total War has persisted it's because most of what we're talking about is is new stuff and the new additions almost without fail are bad but they but they, um, but they cock up the old stuff they, they 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 make it they made it for me at least impossible to enjoy what has traditionally been good about the series see whereas i found what i enjoyed about the series before i, I still do but just not to as great an extent um, which is obviously still really disappointing. I mean, because I love Shogun too, but I have no interest in that time period or that region. Just no interest whatsoever. Rome and, and antiquity in general, on the other hand, that's my bag. I bloody love that. Um, so I was incredibly excited. I would have just been happy if they just done Shogun 2 Rome. That's all I wanted. To be honest. That's all <laughs> yeah. I wanted. That would have been fine. Totally fine. So another thing that maybe you should do when you pick up your copy of Rome... Uh, if you cannot resist it, is buy a copy of the Rome DVDs. 
and watch those. <laughs> Have those on in the background to watch during the lengthy turn cycles. And uh, when you run out of those, as you will, because the series was canceled after a couple seasons, uh, you can tune into iClaudius, uh, which should get oh, you through much of the rest first. of Rome. iClaudius is fantastic. Got Brian Blessed being <laughs> Augustus. I mean, you can't get better than that. Uh, oh, watch the porn version of Caligula because you got more turns <laughs> ahead of you. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Eventually, eventually, that's 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 how that's how the the Rome experience ends. You're just sort of like, okay, I guess it's time to do this. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. All right, take your pants off, hit end turn, watch Caligula. Uh, <laughs> guarantee you, Roger Ebert had a better time with that movie than you will than I did with Rome. Uh, oh yeah, something else. Um, just this is an aside, but. What the hell happened to the voice acting here? Oh yeah, that was odd. There was there was odd accents everywhere. I can't figure out if it's meant to be funny sense. or if it's just gross incompetence. Well, I don't think that got, these games are ever meant to be funny. Like you've got Romans who are British and American, and then God knows what the Iceni were meant to sound like, or any of the tribes, because all the individuals sound a little bit different, and none of them sound like where they're meant to be from. Uh, it's yeah, it's confusing, and none of the lines are said with any conviction. No, no, and and half the guys sound French, even people who shouldn't. There's, yeah, there's a lot of that. It's like dudes vaguely on the... French, though not properly French, just vaguely. No, it, like it's... for them, French is is what foreign sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like this. There's like this element of like provincialism to the characterization <laughs> of like other peoples. <laughs> It's like, yeah, those guys, they sound French too, right? And and what do the French it's sound like, like? That Monty Python sketch. It reminds me a bit of Alexander and how they made all the Macedonians Irish. Oh, God. <laughs> Which was The funny. movie or the, the, the Rome movie. expansion? No, okay. no, not the expansion of the movie. See, my theory was that it was just because Colin Farrell can't do accents very well. They're just like, let's oh, cover it up and make everyone Irish. Work around him. <laughs> Assemble a new civilization around him. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, it, it's bizarre. Like, everyone has these weird accents and just bad voice acting. And it's like... Did you not like how good their beards all were, though, Rob? <laughs> okay, okay, that's the other thing. I think, I, I, that's the, I think this game looks like crap. Are you kidding no, me? No, no, I'm I not mean, at yeah, all. The, 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 the anti-aliasing wasn't in for us. In any of the review, co- I don't even know if they've patched it in yet. It just doesn't work. There's a lot of features that don't work. But even without that, the incredible detail. I mean, I just I remember just spending all this time just zooming in on my like Iceni warriors and being like, Jesus Christ, they they look like character models from a proper like third person yeah, game. Yeah, but that's but and yet this is like a strategy. Here's game. my issue. It, it, they it's like it's all character modeling. It's all like texture resolution and there is not I don't think a hint of artistry, no artistry to the yeah I don't think there's any artistry to any of it it uh, is high detail it is it is it is the product of someone who I don't know like has has studied the dutch master paintings but has no idea how to go about recreating their essence or their, their sense of life it is just detail for detail's sake it is polygons for polygons sake and none of it Looks in the least bit convincing, lifelike, or engaging, or attractive. This is not. This is not an attractive game. It's not a world where I want. It's, not, it's nothing but captures the imagination. Rowan, back the me beards, up. Rob. Yeah, the Rob. beards, <laughs> Rob. Do you remember when we went to the preview event at GDC, and yes. they opened it 
with basically like a list of all the things that were bigger about Rome 2 and about their company. It was like, we're making more money, we're putting in more polygons, we're allowing more troops on the field. Everything about it was more, 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 more. Nothing about it was efficient. Nothing about it was better. <laughs> it was just this game and this company are bigger. And that's awesome if you actually can handle the efficiency of being bigger. And, like, after Shogun 2, I was thinking, yeah, okay, Shogun 2 is good and efficient. And if they make that with the same level of efficiency, only bigger, I'm in. But, no, there was there was no measure of that. Everything was just more shinier, more expensive for its own sake. And it's interesting I, because don't you feel that Shogun 2 was kind of an apology for Empire? Because Empire was this massive, sprawling behemoth that was... Just horribly yeah. broken. I'd say, I'd but say Napoleon still had was moments of fun. Napoleon was the and Napoleon was, Shogun was yeah. the was the fix. Shogun was like okay, because turning the page. It's like we're focusing in on a much smaller area, a lot more battles, a lot less faffing around. And then they've they've done that, and they're like everyone loved it. It was probably, I mean, I'm not sure if it was maybe critically the most successful Total War game. I think it must have been. Right it did. It must have been. It did. Really well, and I bloody loved it. Uh, and I'm the only person that stands at ninety. Um, yeah, I, so it, it it was of all it the was total great. wars, it was the best out of the box. Like when yeah. I got all my Rome mods, I would say that that was better. But that took like six years. Like yeah. Shogun Two and, was Shogun, just about as good Steam as those or anything like immediately. that. Immediately yeah. before Steam Workshop, it was already a really competent, well well crafted game. And then I think they're just like, oh, we've done this now, so let's just do empire again but roman because it's <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and, and the weird thing was um i was involved in the modding community at the the point of empire i think i quit right around the time that shogun 2 came out so this is like 2009 to 2011 and people were talking about like okay what's their next step going to be and when shogun 2 was announced the idea was like okay this is their practice for rome 2 they really want to get the you know melee tactics and good shiny graphics down and then they'll just apply that to a bigger thing and no rome 2 changed a whole hell of a lot that it didn't need to at all yeah, and added a lot that was just totally unnecessary. An amusing thing is that one of the rumors I heard was that there were going to be two, there was going to be Rome, and then there was going to be one set in China, and then like you could combine them into like a mega Eurasia map. Um, I, oh I'm, I'm really God. glad that didn't happen. I, I, yeah. I have this terrible worry, because... You know, I, I'm when I was speaking to Creative Assembly in the summer, they were talking about they they were already you know thinking about DLC and it was going to be huge, yada yada yada. Um, and I'm just worried they're going to look at all the stuff that was crap, like politics, for instance, and go, we need to do DLC for that, and they need to have like more robust politics. But I don't want any of that. Uh, maybe the DLC should just remove all of the guff and streamline <laughs> it, and kind of just smaller and more focused like, slice the ha map in half maybe they should just do Alexander too because <laughs> that was super focused um, and I quite enjoyed that well, um, well this leads this leads to like one of my questions which is is this game fixable because one of the responses that I got to my negative review was pretty consistently oh it sounds like I should wait for some patches yeah and I think my feeling is that this those. isn't <laughs> This isn't patchable stuff. This is... The concept of the game is just off, and 
the pragmatic decisions that were made were made for whatever reason that they were made. And I don't think that they're going to say, oh, guys, we were totally wrong about the pacing of our tactical combat. We're going to change everything about that. But I mean, maybe if they fair, allow that to be modded. Some that of that could... stuff can be patched. Like, you can change those numbers. I'm not sure they would, but maybe they could. Um, yes, you could, you could why, with the tactics, but not with the Why map. would they need to? This is the thing, I'm, I'm being completely pragmatic here, but why, I mean, if you look at it, it's still, I mean, it's doing pretty well. I bet loads of people bloody bought it, and barring a few outliers like, you know, my review, which even though was quite favorable, was, you know, still one of the more critical ones. Most of them have been like nines, there's a couple of tens there. Oh. I mean, it's gotten generally the same uh, critical acclaim that all Total War games get, because... People are so enamored with the scale, I, I imagine. They're like, oh, it's big and shiny, so it's a 10. I have to admit I'm taken aback by the reviews. Um, I'm not. I knew that when I put that 7 down there, and I was bloody shitting it, um, because I knew that it would be one of the lower ones and it would stand out, and people would be like, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Clearly you know nothing about strategy. Whereas it's the reverse is true, is that all the people giving it nines and tens maybe don't know as much about strategy, which and maybe because it's a main, a fairly mainstream game, that's but you know appropriate. I, I feel I like know. see this is you know when 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 Tom Chick comes on the show, he and I eventually come around to navel gazing and discussing how games should be reviewed, and he don't he and I don't agree on a lot of things. Uh, yeah, but I, I do feel like you know for all that he harps on it. Um, He's he he's really right both about like the limited grading scale uh, that's used for games the the seven to ten but also I think in particular there is this notion and Fraser I think you maybe have been guilty a little bit of it today of of just being <laughs> like well you know, uh, it's, no, it's still it's still got some of the good stuff of the rest of the I franchise. I knew I'd have to. This the, you are the only people I'd have to defend it in front of. Everyone else <laughs> thinks I'm the devil for giving it seven. Um, but no, I was I was genuinely using the one to ten scale. I've always been big on on employing that full scale and i think it deserves a seven i think it's a good game i think it has a lot of flaws but the enjoyment i got out of it uh makes it worth a seven and i and i still think i mean you know and i think the text is way more important anyway and i i think yeah, i made it quite clear true. where the problems lie with with rome 2 i was very clear in the t i mean that it might be one of the longest reviews i've written because I wanted just to make sure everyone realized why I was giving it such a low score, even though it's actually really high. <laughs> it's low for, for a Total War game, I guess. So I don't think I'm, I'm guilty of, of, of doing that, but I could certainly see how it would seem like that from what we've been discussing today. But, <laughs> like, um, I don't really have a problem with people who see the flaws and they say they still like it anyway. Like, if they don't understand how tactics works and they find enjoyment, then that's on them. You that's, know, whatever. That's it's <laughs> like a really... Are you saying I don't know how tactics work? I'm hurt, bro. It's such a bad yeah, I, that, <laughs> like, I'm crying. No, but... Uh, I, I have a very specific idea of how I think the tactics should work. Like, since I worked on those mods, basically I want these to be, like, fast versions of Sid Meier's Gettysburg. And if they're not, if they're, like, turn into the melee scrums, then I start getting really annoyed, and not everyone does, and that's okay. Um, but, uh, like, 
it's the the reviews that are just like this is fantastic another epic installment like anything above an 85 or whatever like i'm just gonna my jaw is just gonna be on the floor for that i don't i, understand I don't get it and i think maybe it, someone could it, say that it shows how few strategy reviewers there are um which oh, is yeah, a shame. our numbers have been gutted yeah no doubt but i mean i think they're gonna rise again i mean i think that that strategy is having a bit of i wouldn't call it a renaissance but esports is really helping um i think it's making a comeback but we need more strategy reviewers well yeah but you know i i think i i, I think maybe it's easy to underestimate how dispiriting it is to give a negative review Oh yeah, it yeah, like there's like zero upshot because, like, to say nothing of the fact that you know, like you know, on some level, somewhere, it's going to make it harder for doing features down the road or doing ad deals down the road. Like, yeah, 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 separation of church and state and the editorial. These other considerations don't influence editorial. Come on, this business is small. A lot of us wear different hats. Everybody's aware of these issues. Like there's so that's that's one issue right there. But the real but the real the real issue is that you know the moment you pan a game like Rome, you're going to find people coming out of the woodwork to basically just say, Yeah, well that's true, I don't care, you're wrong. And it's just it's really like I know you shouldn't read the comments and like I, I don't increasingly like I just I, I publish stuff and I just walk away I don't I don't ever look <laughs> see how it's done because uh, I found it really uh, a negative experience to go and follow the discussions uh, following pieces, but it's just one of those things where it, it, there's there's so there there's so little upshot to really slamming a game even if it has a coming that I can sort of see why I see so many reviews that are basically like. Oh boy, this really isn't what I wanted. This is not a great Total War game, but it's fine. Well, I think there's also an element of specifically Total War. Like, we all have played games from this series and really liked them. We all yeah. were looking forward to this. Like, there's a, and it seems to have all the right elements. So, there's a feeling like that I was trying to fight against that was like, Oh, it must be me. Maybe my computer's not good enough. Maybe I'm just not like <laughs> getting into the swing of the combat. Maybe you know, it's it's something on me. And then like, no. This game is just straight up boring to play. Like, I there's no way that I can get around that. And maybe other people can get around that and like divide it into like the things that are good, compartmentalize better, but as a strategy game, like I feel like you have to take it in total. You have to say, do all these parts interact properly? And in this game, these parts do not interact properly. I mean, it's better than a Sim City where the parts just don't interact at all. But <laughs> that's that's about as good as I'm gonna go. Probably better than Sim City. It, it is quite disheartening to see the comments that say things like, oh, it'll be, you know, it's bugs are always prevalent in Total War games at the beginning. And I'm like, did, I barely even did, mentioned yeah. bugs yeah. in my review because I was actually one of the lucky few that had only minor uh, bug problems. Uh, the game was actually quite smooth for me. Um, and it, but it's like that's the the, the go to excuse people come up with for for total war well, but, games. But I think reviewers use that excuse too because then you can give a negative review, but pretend like you're really not. 
Right, in some yeah. ways, you can say, "Oh, I'm going to focus on I'm going to focus on glitches I saw. I'm going to focus on crashes." Boy, oh by the way, there's all these things that didn't work, but boy, those bugs, huh? Well, hopefully patches, <laughs> or or like maybe a patch will fix the intern thing, and it'll be a lot more efficient and take thirty seconds or less which, every time. Which honestly, might be huge. This is why I'm really curious to see what happens in the next month before I file my review. Because honestly, look, this stuff isn't like this stuff is frustrating, but it's absolutely exasperating when the game plays out as slowly as this one does. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't I, I can't totally prize that apart from my overall opinion of the game. Like, because if I'm sitting there stewing for a minute at a crack while reading a book, while playing my game, or I'm running out to do dishes, uh, that that's that's gonna have that's gonna have a knock on effect to my to my feelings about the game. Uh, but yeah, it it's it, 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 it it's it's really it's really quite odd. And uh, you know the, the the funny thing is, I knew I knew the moment I saw the opening cinematic that we were in deep shit. <laughs> Those Egyptian fucking chariots, man. <laughs> to be fair, the Total War series has always been pretty damn ahistorical and anachronistic. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, like the. The first thing that most of the mods that came out did was turn the Egyptian for the original Rome was yeah. turn the Egyptians into a Greek state, and maybe yeah. that was a little le- had a little less variety and whatever. But like that, that was just like, oh my god, guys, you're getting this really basic thing entirely wrong, and then they just stick with it. What's kind of strange is I I and I did a feature on this uh, a wee while before Rome came out, but was uh, it was. Creative Assembly's philosophy of um, authenticity over historical accuracy. They're trying to make it authentic, but the most important thing is is gameplay. And what's funny is that so many of the things that they uh, they they've added a lot of things that are historical, but or are realistic, but actually fuck up the game. Like the way everyone can bloom and die because it's all you know uh, each turn is a year. But then they've got things that simply wouldn't screw the game at all, and they've made them entirely historical. Uh, like chariots and or like the realism with the fire uh, is bizarre. And then, like perhaps the biggest one, and this is actually something that I'm kind of working on a piece about, um, is how they treat the non, the barbarian groups, the non-civilized groups, mm. because um, like in the past they were just like independents and they were just kind of there to be stomped on. Yeah. And in Rome too, like every section of the map has a faction, which is like conceptually, this is a really good idea. It's more historical. Like there's lots of archaeological evidence that indicates that all these groups were roughly as um, complex and had as much sort of variety of society as the Romans and the Greeks did. But since they lost the wars, since they didn't have their writing there for us to see it, we just assumed that they were barbarians. So like, it's cool that it kind of puts them on the same stage, but then it has them taking a second each turn and there's a hundred of them. And it's just like, they, they can't even get the stuff that they get right historically good in the game i did like the stuff though with with the barbarian tribes how you could kind of confederate and it would it allowed you to kind of uh, stand up to rome or carthage or or some of the more advanced dangerous powers um and that's you know there was some ahistorical stuff where you're creating like a barbarian empire uh long before anything like that could 
you know even exist but it, it I, I find that quite fun so I, I don't mind it when they go a historical if it does actually uh, improve my enjoyment of the game and I actually I really liked playing as the Iceni I've mentioned them a few times that was a lot of fun and I think what helped as well is they're quite they're, they're as far away as you can get from you know the Egyptians and the Carthaginians and the Romans so you're kind of just playing your own little mini northern European barbarian versus barbarian game for a while and that's that's a good laugh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but I think but I think actually the the plethora of of factions in this game actually ties into the more I play Rome 2 the more I realize that they never really fixed the problems with uh with Rome 1 and the change to a 3D map, they just found ways to mitigate them. Like, they surfaced, they all surfaced again with Empire when the series went huge again, right? Like, that game fell completely apart on the strategic level because, once again, the AI was like, I don't really know what to do with global sea zones and, uh, you know, international empires, stuff like that. And it went away with Napoleon because it's sort of this self-contained European battlefields game of really battling over capitals. Uh, it went away with uh, with Shogun because it's Japan and it's all it's a tiny confined space uh, with narrow mountain roads and so again you're not going to get lost on that map the AI is not going to get lost uh, so so it's all going to work once again here they go huge and, and the game uh, has trouble uh, playing itself but that also ties into something another decision they made to mitigate uh, the the fact that their AI has never really been up to snuff. Which is if you think back to um, if you think back to medieval, uh, and even a little bit uh, to the original Rome, is that you did have factions that roughly had historical starts where it was like okay, so when you start playing the Romans, Rome's already in pretty good shape. They're a major Mediterranean power at the start of Rome one. Uh, if, if you look at uh, medieval one. Uh, you know, the Byzantines are still basically the Eastern Roman, Roman Empire in that game. They, they start with a huge advantage at the start of that game, uh, which, 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 because the game was simpler at that point, uh, it was easier for the AI to sort of keep up and, and play that province uh, risk map game uh, much more easily. As the, as the series got more complicated, they made the decision to basically start everyone from one province. Uh, everyone has a, it's a level playing field to start. Let's see how it shakes out. And you get away with that in uh, in Shogun Two because again it's it's feudal Japan. There's so much chaos happening, and you're you you are sort of carving uh, an empire out of these out of these small little footholds of land. But in Rome, what it's led for led to for me, in addition to just these endless turn times, as everybody's brother takes a turn uh, to to try to rule the ancient world. Uh, the other thing it's led to is the fact that like just great powers are not forming for me it, it, it like i don't have the, the these great clashes these great adversaries uh because it always feels like picking off the next guy who has like one or two provinces see i i yeah. have found massive sprawling empires that i struggle to to take over for instance in my very first game where i was uh playing as rome i was expecting a you know the punic war is a clash with with carthage and that's actually an objective it's really weird that in a the Punic Wars is an objective, though. That doesn't make any sense. Um, because otherwise there's no reason to attack them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was strange was that before I could even declare war on Carthage, the Libyans had pretty much conquered all of North Africa. Um, yep. And they became this huge, sprawling power. And we were friends for a while. 
uh, carving up the world between us. And then, uh, you know, we ended up, you know, having a bit of border friction and it uh, exploded into a massive war and it was vast. And this was maybe when I got into the point of having, I think, about five armies, so maybe midway. Um, And there were some huge battles and it felt like a, a difficult war. Um, that I had to actually think about where I was putting my units and I was leaving a lot of gaps in my defences and it was it was interesting to play. Um, so I certainly didn't feel like I was just picking off uh, province after province. Although when you're dealing with things like the, the barbarians or the Roman states, it's way more common for that to happen. It seems to be more of an African and Eastern thing where these giant empires uh, are created. And Although I did get... I noticed- I did get the, um, I can't remember which one it was, it might have been, uh, it was like one of the Celts. They ended up taking all of France and a great part of Germany really quickly, which was quite fun. So it does happen even in the north. One of the things that I noticed was that it was pretty regular that, regular that the uh, major empires would fall. Like in my two games, I think I saw Carthage, Macedon, the Seleucids, and Egypt all get destroyed in like the first 60 80 turns and um then they'd come back and then they get destroyed again and uh that is yeah there's all this like a new faction has arisen but it's actually just a faction that was destroyed like a few turns ago (laughs) yeah and um this is an issue that the series has had generally but it feels even bigger because now like there are factions in every single place and uh, these mini factions are just able to conquer the major factions seemingly at random like one will win one will lose and i can't really tell why well it doesn't seem like it it seems like the ai just falls prey to uh maybe rebellions all the time uh like because it just seems like people are emerging all the time yeah uh, in places yeah that is they shouldn't be what happens uh, it is just they've they will have conquered a city and destroyed a faction, and then a few turns later, because of because they're not able to deal with public order at all. I I've found they have no like they might occasionally build a temple, but most of the time they won't bother. So within a few turns of conquering this place, there'll be a rebel army, and that garrison's not strong enough to deal with that. So the rebel army wins, and all of a sudden that faction's come back, um, and it's just like it's cyclical, um, which is this a bit is- boring. This is actually goes back to when you guys were talking about slums, and I didn't, I didn't jump in and mention this. Was that the the slums and the whole public order thing are manifestations of yet another of one of the worst decisions that the game makes, which is to constrain buildings by um, growth, and that's a, that's an air quotes. Yeah. And the growth seems to be just this utterly arbitrary measure of how many different buildings you can have in a region. And it's really slow, and it ends up being that when you're dealing with problems of food or public order, the easiest way to try to fix those is basically to knock down one of your buildings and build another one up and of course the ai isn't going to be very good at that like if you told the ai hey knock down your buildings like it's going to fuck that up all the time so they probably just have the ai sticking with whatever buildings they have and not being willing to game the system when gaming the system is pretty much the only way to deal with that one thing i've learned from rome 2 is you can pretty much not tax anyone and that's all right 
Like nothing bad happens. It's only good. So I don't know why we're paying tax. <laughs> because clearly it makes everyone happy and you can still do all the things you did when you were generating a ta like tax income. It's great. Yeah, they, there is like no strategic balance on the map at all. And I think that, you know, kind of like SimCity, the technical issues, the length of turns, the horrible AI, like all of that is masking the fact that the stuff in the game just doesn't work right. I'm curious. Uh, how are you guys getting by without money? Because for me, I feel like I'm constantly running up against the fact that like, uh, basically, you need to conquer X number of territories to finance an army. Yeah, that's exactly what it, I mean. The game even tells you, which is hilarious. When you run out of money, the game is just like conquer another another city. It's as simple as that. Um, and I, I get why they've done that because this is it's called total war. So there's always this drive to keep conquering, but it does seem very ham fisted. Did you notice that there are different victory conditions? Like you yeah, can win a cultural or an economic yeah. victory? There's three. So, it sounds fun. rewarding. <laughs> um, I don't know why you would want to do that, though. Like it's in a game called Total War. You could just have the best culture. But if you look at those, most <laughs> of those still victory very conditions are still, yeah, conquer like, have all of these different provinces and all these different regions. And yeah, the, the economic victory for the Romans still involves taking over southern Spain and Egypt. So you're still all across the Mediterranean there. Because the only way to have a strong economy is to have this vast, sprawling that's, empire. That's not entirely <laughs> true. There's actually a more boring way to get a great economy, and that is through diplomacy and trade. Oh, where, oh no. my god. Oh my Everyone god. Everyone wants to trade. It's insane. What? No, so nobody wants to trade. Nobody no, wants I, to trade. No, no, no. Oh, no Hold on, let me finish here. So this is what I did <laughs> in my first game. I did my normal thing where I sent a spy. I used to be a diplomat in the original Rome because that was the only way you could do diplomacy. But I sent a spy like all the way around the map until she died, um, just meeting everybody. And then like every five turns, I would go and click on each one of those people and see if they wanted to trade with me. And eventually I got a bunch of them trading with me. And then when you like take the mouse and you hover over the trading routes, you can see how much money is going in and out of each of those trading routes. So I would like hover my mouse over Athens, which I hadn't conquered. I was, I was not in Greece. I was still in Illyria at best. Um, I'd hover over Athens and I would be making 3000 gold from the trading routes that were going past Athens. And the Athenians would be making 250. <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's ridiculously unbalanced how easy it is to get that money if you just take the time but the time is so fucking boring because you have to click on every single one you have to listen to their little spiel you have to see oh, yeah, if it's they're like, like at a to moderate if we they're at a moderate the gods yeah <laughs> if they're at a moderate, then you have to decide, okay, how much of a bribe do I want to add to this in order to get the trade? So you say 500, and then you click on that. They say no. So you click on 800, and they they say, okay, 1,000. And so it's like 10 different clicks for each of these like 30 different things every few turns. And it's really effective for getting money, and it's boring as fuck. You can get a lot of trade agreements when you've got a few cities going as well, because yeah. then a few more capitals, because then you're generating different resources. So they just want to get in on that. I mean, I never, I never had a real money problem. The only time I had a real money problem was when 
I uh, I got stumped because there was just like nobody decent to fight with, and I was just <laughs> wandering around the map. Uh, and then they're like, "Oh, you need to conquer another province, Fraser, because you're running out of money, and the game's all about killing people." <laughs> so I did that, and then it was like five thousand income per turn. Because immediately, like, every faction was wanting to make a trade agreement with me. Um, apart from the one faction that had inexplicably been at war with me for something like a hundred years, had only one province, I defeated them in every single battle, and they were at war with about ten other factions. And it, they just didn't want peace, which made no sense to me. Like, I, I, the only... The only reason I didn't go in and destroy them was because they were bloody miles away. <laughs> Diplomacy has always been a weak point for the series, but at least it was like a weak point that could be manipulated into being occasionally interesting. Like, um, if you were playing on hard in, the, as far as I know, every Total War before this, like, your neighbors would de declare war on you. Like, that was their thing. They would try to yeah. crush you as soon as they possibly could. Here, they don't. You play on hard, then I don't know. Did did you ever get war declared on you, Fraser, or did you always start it? On on hard, yeah, I, on occasionally. Hard. But the fact was that on hard, I was so gagging for a fight all the time because I was just because you know I were like well, that was on any difficulty. I was gagging for a fight, um, so I was declaring war before they could have a chance most of the time. But on legendary, they are way more aggressive, and they like everyone just declares war on legendary, and they have huge armies too. It's actually it's actually quite difficult. Um, not because of the, the, the tactile stuff, but just because they have really big armies before you do. See, Shogun 2 was like a challenge, even on normal a little bit, but definitely yeah. on hard from the beginning. Like, it may have been too much of a challenge from the beginning. I, I started and lost several games in like the first 10 years, but... I would have said that, that normal found a kind of nice balance in Shogun 2. Like, I, I had to think about... My, my battles and and you know what provinces I was gonna uh, gonna take, uh, but yeah, it, it's normal is just a, a joke in, in Rome too. It, I wouldn't recommend it for anyone, really. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> this show just hit the two-hour mark. Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, at this point, it is officially a therapy session. <laughs> I, I, I hurts like this. About I it. I fucking loved Rome. I fucking loved Shogun 2. This is a sequel to both of those. It sure yeah. looks shiny. I like the campaign map, at least, Rob. And the tactical battles, I'm I'm kind of on your side on the, just not having any aesthetic. But I Wait, love you like the, the campaign, campaign map? map? Oh, you mean the visually? Yes, visually. Right. I, I was like... getting worried there. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not suddenly change my mind and think that strategically it works. But visually, <laughs> it's like one of the maps that I like see and I want to fill it in. Like, yeah. You know the, the the strategy game impulse, and like everything about this, like should be something that I want, and it's just not. Everything about it is slightly off to though, really off. Because the campaign map never changes. I mean, yeah, the cities will expand almost like civilization style, um, but the actual campaign map just always looks the same. And I that I miss the 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 turns of the seasons. Uh, yeah. The way that things looked. I mean, that's one thing that I really liked in, in EU4, where the campaign map is maybe a little bit more functional and not as kind of pretty, but it, st it still looks great. Um, but it's the way that, like, you know, you'll get autumn leaves and you'll get, you know, winter comes down and rivers get frozen. It's, it's very pretty. 
And I definitely missed that in Rome 2, where it was constantly the same. The playable spreadsheet, more interesting than Rome 2 visually. There we go. (laughs) But to be fair, almost everything about EU4 is better than Rome 2. So... uh... God, their Metacritic started at the same initially, and my head almost exploded. No, that's... <laughs> I, 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 was, I, was, I was seeing Shams, uh, Shams Rajani on Twitter uh, today, uh, talking about how Rome is at 81, and EU, EU4 is at 85. And I felt a little ill. <laughs> to, be, if, to be fair, it's nice to see that... Uh, that- a paradox game which which often get very mixed reviews is still higher than Rome 2's though. That's true. I just I, I But it should be a lot more. <laughs> well, I know there are two fairly major reviews for Rome 2 that aren't counted in that and that's mine and Kotaku's which Yep. yep. Mine isn't either. Actually, my 7 isn't counted on Metacritic. If oh, okay. um cuz PC Games and isn't on Metacritic. And then Rob Maybe I should maybe I should filed. actually Maybe I should do another one, exactly the same review, but for Destructoid, because it is actually on Metacritic. <laughs> Does Destructoid not reviewed it? <laughs> they no, someone is reviewing it there, but I think like Rob, they're taking their time with it. Um, yeah. So it is, it is getting reviewed, and and I I spoke to him about it, and he was having some, but the only problems he stated were were graphical problems. But I'm not sure if he's been enjoying it that much either, to be honest. Um, so we'll see, but I, I'm not sure when that's that's getting published. It might be might be a while yet. Sum up. Rome two, crucifixion, decimation, or laurels. <laughs> <laughs> what does it get? Is there no middle ground where I kind of I liked it? <laughs> I guess I don't want to give it like La- laurels a laurel or decimation or anything. It's only one in oh, ten. They, it's only one it's in ten. <laughs> I don't want to give it laurels because that's like giving it a free pass when there's so many problems. But I don't want to give it decimation. The beard. Can we give wrong. it like exile? <laughs> uh, it's more of a Greek thing. Oh, I know, thing, I know. Really. The Byzantine blinding of uh, the the competitors for the throne. You blind them; they can't take the throne. So that became kind of the default punishment for Ouch. things that were politically. Can I not just? Uh, can I not just have Catullus make a body slightly embarrassing? erotic poem about it <laughs> i i mean i guess you can do that but i think catullus's time is best spent on other things <laughs> possibly talking about mean ex-girlfriends <laughs> so so on a scale of strategy game sequels that were soul crushing i'm giving this a master of orion 3 Oh, oh. Re- Master of Orion 3? Jesus. Because Master of Orion 3 was probably worse to actually play, but at oh, least when you definitely. clicked in turn, it ended the turn and went on to the next one. I mean, that was all you were supposed to do. That was the entirety of the game, but it worked. I'm going to give it what I actually gave, because uh, I, I, I'm quite proud of the uh, this. I called it um, more Varro than Caesar, and I'm going to stick with that, because I think that kind of sums it up. Because Varro had his good points. He wasn't the worst Roman commander. <laughs> he just had one really bad day. Yeah, it was a really bad day. <laughs> yeah. So what's your metaphor, Rob? Are you going to like rate this on the scale of Buffy seasons or something? Oh, but I haven't <laughs> seen them all. Yeah. This is it's season like... seven, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the second last Angel season. No, that one was still like 
ridiculously like it had momentum. <laughs> like it went forward. <laughs> but Connor ruined Connor. Uh, that's true. But even Connor had like good fight moves. Like the, the whoever they had a, as his stunt double, that was awesome to watch. That's it's weird. That's the guy that's in Mad Men now, the really lame guy from Mad Men. That always makes me feel a bit weird. Yeah, Pete, that's the one. So All we've right, diverged so... somewhat. What's yeah. your What's your analogy, Rob? Well, I mean, okay. So I definitely still want the the roads lined with crucified uh, <laughs> uh, room two devs. Um, oh. But <laughs> no, not even I said making that. Threats of violence. No, I, I I think for me on a on a on a, on a scale of uh on a, on a scale of Augustus to Nero, <laughs> uh, this is Romulus Augustulus. Which one was he? The last one. The, that's pretty. That's the one. Pretty the low, one that Rob. finished it. The one who surrendered. And well, I have to in, say, so well, that's a, that's a, that's an unfair scale. Nero is all right. <laughs> he wasn't that bad. Having Nero at the bottom, I presume you're putting Nero at the bottom. No, actually, actually, it fell through There's... Nero and landed at Romulus Augustulus. <laughs> right. is my point. So it just went plummeting right past Nero, past Caligula. His Nero uh, just had really bad PR. He was. He, 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 he needs. Uh, dude, he needs things got, his PR. Things got pretty weird at the end, though. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm a bit like I will defend Nero up to a certain point, but after that Greek trip, things get real weird, real fast. <laughs> like people were just hard him. The whole like he he fiddled while Rome burned. Rome burned for days. No, the and he was he, he was actually a really good firefighter too. He was actually doing a really good job of of fighting that fire. He he uh, created fire breaks and anyway, His the point fiddle is shot like water. <laughs> Pardon? It was a water fiddle. It yeah. shot it onto the the yeah. Well, he was actually a caster too. So as he played the music, uh, the seas, the Tiber rose up, and uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, but yeah, poor Nero ha- having fallen victim like every second character in Rome two to madness. <laughs> <laughs> they every actually sing- do go mad all the time, all don't them. they? All <laughs> of like, them. Jupiter's my dad, and I'll fuck you up. But it has no bearing whatsoever nope. on the way they play. Not quite right. Biz, biz. I'm a bee. Oh, oh. What, <laughs> what witty the, uh, little flavor text. Mental yeah, illness I like is the, hilarious. I thought some of the flavor well, text was be, all right. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny. It was just the problem was that it was just flavor text and yeah. then some debuffs. <laughs> yeah. Which was the guy from Gladiator? Was that? The one who oh uh, oh god is um, that the one who thought he was the the Greek sun god um, Heliogabalus or whatever Commodus oh no the, yeah Commodus that's right yeah yeah both of those were pretty terrible I think yeah I you think know they would... this no this is Commodus because you know if if Shogun two is Marcus Aurelius <laughs> this is definitely a Commodus follow up <laughs> so there we go that's Rome two. Um, <laughs> Commodus, season seven, season seven of Buffy, Master of Ryan three, yeah. and a decimate. No, a crucifixion. No, yeah. no, no. More Varro than Caesar. More I don't want to go for Caesar. Don't want to go crucifixion or decimation. But probably better than Sip City. Yes. <laughs> I, oh, definitely. No, I'm not sure it is. Oh, you're wrong. All right. Well, we'll have to settle that another week. <laughs> uh, we have just spent two hours uh, just 
just going over this ground with a backhoe. But, uh, I, you know, it, it, I think it's worth it because it's worth it putting all this stuff down. Because a lot of stuff won't make a review, but you really have to go into it in detail to understand just what a colossal... Well, not a, not a disaster in your case, Fraser, but a, no. a colossally ambivalent experience it was for yeah. you. Massively disappointing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so we'll see what can be fixed via patches, whether Creative Assembly has uh, ways to address some of these problems, uh, whether they're even aware uh, that there are problems. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully there's a better Rome 2 down the line, but, you know, until that day... Uh, I, I gotta say, this is uh, easily my least favorite Total War game uh, in the history of the franchise, and by a wide margin. Yeah, gotta agree with you there. Yeah, though I skipped Empire at launch, so I, I don't have a huge amount of comparison. But All right, that does it for today's show. Uh, we will catch you ne- next week when we talk about something that almost inevitably <laughs> will be far more enjoyable. Uh, thanks for bearing with us and apologies for the uh, group therapy session but this isn't on us this is on them that's true assembly should be apologizing not us that's true send send your send your send complaints to creative assembly Uh, we will be sending our therapy bills there as well (laughs) all right good night everybody